0: I'm so excited tonight to um, talk about something that I usually don't talk about, and I'm not exactly sure why, (laughs) but it's, we're going to talk about the past lives and how I see them in the Akashic record field. So why I'm going to do this is for a multitude of reasons is the Akashic energy field since it's an infinite space of wisdom and truth and most especially love, I thought to myself, I, I want to explain to the listening audience in the podcast of the Intuitive Business podcast is that sometimes we may have a, a block um, from our past life. And when I first started reading the Akashic Records, I honestly have to say I didn't resonate with this in the beginning. But I have quite a few hours underneath my belt now of reading multiple business owners um, Akashic Records. So what I find when I open them is sometimes there is a block in one of the areas um of their energy fields that relates to their past life that's holding them back. So today I have the most interesting story about a young lady who actually realized her connection with a past life with another person. And I'm not just saying, Ooh, wow. You know, you feel familiar, not that kind of connection, very specific details that, um, that she realized from a past life. And I'm going to tell you that story today, this evening, actually. So the sun is just about set. I took a quick dip in the pool earlier, and I'm just sitting here, I'm looking at my guitar, um, and some things that I want to hang on my wall. So I have three or four different things that I'm going to experiment and hang, with, hang on my wall. And uh, I have some office cleaning that I need to do. I have some drapes that are down and drapes that are up. And so, um, I, I want to get some things in order uh, this week. And, but most importantly, I wanted to connect with all of you this evening because I haven't done a podcast in three episodes. (laughs) So I'm running, I'm organizing a big summit and, uh, If you want to know anything about my summit, because I'm going to talk about how to bring more abundance and flow and ease in your business uh, by releasing blocks in your Akashic records and how to even connect with your Akashic records. So if you're going to want more information about the summit that's up and coming, I'm just going to encourage you right now, if you like, uh, and go to CandiceHaza.com forward slash love, L-O-V-E. And you can capture my meditation on love and then you'll be on my mailing list. So as the emails start happening, you can enjoy the summit as well and be part of it. So, ah, the summit, (laughs) it's going to be a lot of fun. And we have 16 awesome speakers. So if you're listening to this, uh, now, uh, at the actual time of this airing, which will be in the month of August, um, it, it's still a good time to do that because the summit won't happen until the end of September. So here we go. Here's your story. And this is a true story, by the way. And it probably happened, trying to think how many years it's been now. It's before I read the Akashic Records. Um, let me do a quick math here. So it was 12 years ago that this happened. My shoes were off, so it was easier math. (laughs) Here we go. So this is one of the very first times I've ever recorded, like actually talked um, the actual story, and then I am going to be able to read it. So hopefully I'll be more concise and be a good girl. So, here's what happened. One day, I had my my girlfriend, Lenore, and she was like one of my best friends since I was a young girl. and what she what she told me was, um I was kind of a part of this whole thing as it unfolded is I would get phone calls and we would sit on the phone and we would talk about what was happening with her daughter. So my girlfriend's name is Lenore and her daughter's name was Annie. And <clears throat> excuse me, and here's what happened, um, to both of them. So, you know, I've known Annie since the day she was born. I held her in my arms very shortly. Uh, After she came into this world. And she really turned into be such a cute little girl. She had blonde curly hair hair and blue eyes. And for those of you that are old enough, a lot of people would say she just looked and talked like Shirley Temple. (laughs) She was very dramatic and had so much personality. I shouldn't say dramatic, but just Everything had an exclamation point, and you just could hardly wait till this little girl was around. Not only just, she was so stunningly beautiful. She would always get such a beautiful suntan during the summer, and she looked like the copper tone baby. If you remember the billboards where there was a little dog, and it would pull the back of uh, a suntan little girl's bathing suit, so you would just see the, the peak of the color of the little girl. That was in the Coppertone advertisement. So it was really cool, you know, the little uh the little advertisement, and it looked just like this little girl Annie. And she really was adorable. And still is to this day as a grown woman. She's probably in her early thirties now. So I would get these phone calls, like I said, and Lenore was concerned a little bit because some things were happening that she didn't understand. And while I did use my intuition back then, I didn't, it was not at the level it is now. And I really couldn't help her with all the components and pieces. So the other reason why I'm creating this podcast today is that if something like this happens to you or a friend, at least it's going to be able to be explained a little bit more. So here we go. Lenore said that her daughter invited her to take a walk, um, right when she got home from a a little event that she was at, Annie, Lenore's daughter. And she said, mom, speaking to her mom, Lenore, I I need to take a little walk. Let's let's take the dogs out for a walk. There's something I've been needing to tell you. And her said, "Okay. Let's go, Annie." So Annie begins her walk and with her mother and she said, "I have something to tell you, Mom that I've never told you before. I've had a repeat dream. Again and again and again." As far back as I can remember, as small of a child as I can remember being. And the dream went something like this. I was a nurse, or at least I thought I was a nurse. I remember feeling like I had a cap on my head and I wore a wool cape around my shoulders And I remember hearing my shoes clicking on the cement and it almost sounded like a cobblestone street. It didn't, the sound of my heels didn't sound like it would on regular pavement. I could feel stockings on my legs. I was walking briskly and quickly, heading in a specific direction. And in my heart, I knew I was heading to a lover of mine. It was a man, and it was a soldier. And he and I were not married, but I knew I was going to meet him. I felt like the time period was World War I or World War II, As I walked along this cobblestone street and then it happened, all of a sudden I heard the horrible sirens that were very familiar to my ears and I knew that there would be a bombing soon and it was going to happen and I knew I wasn't going to get to shelter very quickly and so I began running and running, and running, and in my dream, I could feel myself as my heart was getting racing stronger and stronger, and I could feel my breath getting more and more shallow, and then it, it happened, the bombs all around me, one explosion, another explosion, the third explosion, and they were getting closer and closer, and I could see Fire and lights, just explosions going off all around me. I was crying and I felt panicky. And then a final huge clap. And then darkness. I knew I had died. Then I woke up. This is the same thing that happened each and every time over the course of the years. Exactly the same amount of bombings, exactly the frantic pacing, my breath being short. And I would wake up in a cold sweat knowing that I had died. Lenore, who was quite close to her daughter, Annie, was in a bit of a shock that she had not shared this very impactful and scary story that her daughter had lived with for 19 years. And you could see still on her face as she talked about this, there was a trauma, a distortion along her face. And her daughter had been living with that for years. At that time, Lenore decided to share with Annie that when they would visit her grandmother, her grandmother lived by um, a nuclear power plant. And there was a siren that would go off at 6 p.m., which for the neighbors, which is silly if you think about it, would be a warning, (laughs) which you know that nuclear power plant, that would have been instantaneous. So I don't know why they had the sirens, but they did. And when Annie would be at her grandmother's house and these 6 uh, p.m. sirens would go off, Annie would have the most horrific reaction, which was even more frightening than the other children. Like, of course children would be scared with the sound, but Annie's face would contort if she happened to be outside. And it would turn bright red and she would run towards Lenore, jump into her arms with one leap and just about knock her over. Lenore was very cautious when she was at her mother's house that they would be inside and that she would keep Annie distracted when that happened. But really, it it didn't seem like a significant moment in her childhood until now. Lenore reminded Annie that when she was born, that both of her eyelids had Red, very significant blemishes, almost like markings, like birthmarks on her eyelids. She had a pretty large birthmark uh, right above her nose, like in the middle of where your third eye would be. She had markings on her uh, right in her thigh and her left bottom. And there was, Lenore had even pointed these out to me and said, do you think that these birthmarks are going to get bigger or do you think that they'll go away? And I don't know why I said it, but I said, Lenore, I'm really sure that those are going to go away. And in that moment that Lenore was sharing this with Annie, Annie said, wow, Mom, that's really weird, isn't it? She said, yeah. It's almost like your body brought some of the bombing experience in that lifetime, if that was so true, back into this lifetime. Lenore also did a lot of readings about mediums and psychics, and she enjoyed books um, like that, and she shared with her daughter Annie that there's a book that she was reading uh, um, with Sylvia Brown, and... Sylvia Brown had actually done some research on those big purple patches of birthmarks that people carry on their bodies. And what she found with the research and of course with her gifts is that these birthmarks were usually a past life, like a last fatal wound. Um, And that trauma would often be brought back onto the physical body when that spirit re-entered or reincarnated the world. So, basically, they were, we were recycled, <laughs> is what Sylvia Brown was saying, and those past traumas come through with the markings on our body. Annie and Lenore just found this really interesting, especially in light of the fact of this new... Uh, share that Annie was giving Lenore. And so Annie and Lenore shared a special evening together, really connecting about this, and both felt very happy with their connection and with the story and the special meaning of sharing that connection. But that's not where the story ends. That is exactly where the story begins. So, remembering that Annie had just completed her freshman year when she shared this story with her mom, she was on summer break. She was 19 years old. And she also uh, had another little conversation with her mom later. And she said, Mom, I have been talking with this interesting dude I met on campus. And actually, I I, I didn't meet him, is what she said. I knew of him on campus. During my first year, my freshman year in college, she had met and enjoyed a group of, uh, this one group of, of men, young men, and they enjoyed doing videos, like these musical videos. Now, remember, this is, you know, this is a whole bunch of years ago. This is like 12 years ago. And back then, we weren't as proficient with our phones. I think I still had a, a BlackBerry. So people making music videos in college was pretty cool. And just to remember, you know, uh we didn't have all those cool the equipment and stuff like that. So it really was a really cool thing when these um, band members were making these videos and there were four band, band members and Annie knew three of them and multiple tro- times she tried to meet up with the fourth band member and his name was Mike. There were a few, uh, failed attempts, even at the very last moment of the semester, just something happened and Annie and Mike just didn't get together. And they they thought it was quite intriguing that for some reason they just couldn't get together. So they decided as texting or whatever, that they would exchange information. And there was something called, I forget if it was called instant messenger or something back then where they could have like an email ish type chat. Um, probably something like you've got mail. (laughs) I don't I don't remember what it was. And they did know that they could communicate virtually. I don't know why they just didn't pick the phone up and call each other. But that is the choice that they made. So they still weren't talking. They were just um messaging each other constantly. And they were kind of hanging out. It felt kind of sweet and old fashioned to Annie, as well as, as she told the story to, story to her mother, Lenora, they thought it was really sweet too. And there was something that Lenora was noticing on Annie's face that she was kind of glowing uh, as the days went on, as she connected to this, uh, the fourth dude in the band, Mike, <laughs> And as it happened, and why Annie chose to share this with her mom that night, is she happened to go to bed um, the night before Annie decided to share this story with Lenore. And she was sleeping. And guess what she had? Her horrible, repetitive nightmare. So that day when she was messaging Mike... She started to share parts of the story, and this is when the story gets interesting. Mike, too, had a repetitive dream, and this is what gently unfolded, one sharing, the other sharing, one sharing, the other sharing, and this is the story that came about through their share. Mike said he, too, had a repetitive dream. He said he was a soldier, possibly in World War I or World War II. He felt like he was living as a soldier in Europe. In his dream, he knows for sure he's a soldier who was in love with a young nurse. He said he felt like his heart, and that in his heart he kept waiting and waiting, and waiting for her to show up for a special evening he had planned. But she never showed up. And he knew that he must have lost her. He, for some reason, couldn't confirm that. Even in the dream, he just somehow knew that he had lost her. And then he too felt like the lights were turned out and that he had died and that there was like darkness, like a waiting place. But before anybody talked to him, he would wake up and this dream would be over. He would wake up in a cold sweat, just feeling that feeling of waiting for somebody who never would come home. So as Lenore shared this story with me, I had so many questions back then. First, of course, I was intrigued about how the story unfolded between these two 19-year-olds. So it was in that moment of connection with Annie and Lenore that they had no more Answers to offer Annie or Mike, and if you would believe that there are no coincidences in life, I don't believe that there are. Annie happened to go to get her hair cut with her hairstylist of several years by then. Her name was Maria, and it was her favorite hairstylist. She was getting her long curly locks trimmed off by her usual hairdresser. And of course, the whole situation with Mike was now at its pinnacle In Annie's mind. So, of course, as we all do with our hairdressers, sometimes they're also our therapist, and her hairdresser received the same story that Lenore had just a day or two before. When the whole story was completed, Annie felt a little tap on her shoulders. And there was a kind woman standing there in front of Annie, and she said, I am so sorry to interrupt. But I happened to hear your conversation, and I think I might have an answer for you. I think your story, by the way, is absolutely amazing. And what's happening to you generally doesn't happen to people often. And I want to introduce you to a little book that might help you to find some answers. It's called Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. She said, I think what's happening is that You and your friend are awakening to a past life. And that's what I heard you share. And I just wanted to share this with you. And again, I'm sorry if I eavesdropped, but the the story was fascinating. Oh, Annie profusely thanked this woman for the information and came right home and told Lenore. They immediately got in the car, went to a bookstore before people bought Amazon all the time, and they got a couple books by Brian Weiss, who neither one had ever heard of at that time. One book was Many Lives, Many Masters, and the other one was and is There Is Only Love. Lenore read one book And Annie read the other book, and then they exchanged books. What they start reading was that Annie and Mike were indeed experiencing something very rare and very unique that is actually stated in Brian's book. And it says most people are never really awoken to their past lives Or like randomly bump into it like that. So obviously there must have been a meaning or reason why this happened. In this current time period, uh, this is Candy speaking, I truly believe that many veils have now been taken away from us. But 15 years ago, there were still some veils around these experiences meaning we just really didn't know or quite understand. But now I feel we're more awakened and open to the opportunities to be connected to our past lives and to release things that are no longer serving us from those old realms that we lived in in our past lives. So, Annie and Lenore also had a very kind woman that was a professional psychic. She worked with the celebrities because her phone would often ring and there would be a name on the phone that you would know. And I would often say, oh my goodness, your phone's ringing. And I'd hand it to her because nine times out of 10, I would be visiting too. And I would see this name come up. I'm like, oh my goodness, And I would think, I didn't understand how she just knew so many of these people. It was really cool. So she happened to be there, this friend. And that was a psychic and she, and that was a psychic. So what happened was Annie and Lenore said, Hey, her her name was Anat. Hey, Anat, um, can you take a peek at this? We don't want to say anything because we don't want to lead you down any roads of anything that we do know, but can you just take a look? So Anat looked, uh, she would read the palm of your hand, and as soon as she would put makeup, uh, like a, a deeper foundation on the bottom of your hand. It was almost like all the lines in your hand and down the side of your finger because I guess there's energetic imprints and also in between your thumb, there were different places that she would look at the lines on your hands and her eyes would start moving back and forth like she was watching a TV. And she said almost the identical story that I told all of you right now that Lenore shared with me. The only thing that was different, she said that when Annie didn't, the nurse in the past life, didn't arrive to see the soldier Mike in this current life. What happened was that he chose to end his life. And that's the part of the story that Annie didn't know, nor did Mike. And not suggested that this information was for Annie and for her to utilize for herself, but put in karmic law, it wasn't the highest and the best to share with Mike about how his past life ended. Annie, of course, relayed some parts of the story to Mike in their little Instagram account or whatever that was called. And he too found it very intriguing, but she didn't talk about the negative aspects of this because She didn't think it would be a good fit (laughs) to start a relationship like that or friendship. And she was also quite smitten with this young man and continued throughout the whole rest of the summer talking to him each and every day. So, guess what happened next? The fresh or the sophomore year began for Annie. And when Mike and Annie entered their residence hall, something unique happened. The previous year, they couldn't even try, even when they tried their best to connect. This year, they couldn't get out of each other's way. The first thing that happened is there were multiple residence halls all over campus And while Annie and Mike did not request it, they ended up in the same building on the same floor, two doors apart. They also found out that their birthdays were just a few days apart. In this current moment, from Candy's intuitive perspective, I just want to say that sometimes when we incarnate at the same times, we are coming to fulfill a potential new purpose together or heal a karmic wound in a past lifetime. So now the whole time Lenore is keeping me posted about the progress of this situation, as both of us were quite intimately involved at this point, Also, I had been good friends with Lenore. And I still remember holding, you know, Lenore. I mean, Annie. And I still remember those marks on her face. And now with the current news, I thought, there has to be something to this story. All the pieces, they have to fit somewhere. And so... Annie and Mike meet and they spend a lot of time together in college. And somehow or another, Annie's friend Lily would always kind of be part of the group. So it was Mike, Annie, and Lily. And the three of them were the the dynamic trio. (laughs) They would eat together. They would go out together. They would hang out together. They would study together often in Mike's room. One day, Lenore called me to say that she was just like feeling something was off with Annie. And she tells me the story of Mike. He seemed to be a little bit overly possessive. But yet there was just something wrong. She didn't quite like the relationship that was happening with Mike and Annie, and she felt it just wasn't quite normal. She was just sensing it because, of course, she wasn't experiencing it because she wasn't you know, living on campus. And one day, Annie and Mike were alone, in Annie's room and Annie said, "Hey Mike, uh, isn't it weird how we had that that dream together this summer?" And she shared the story about uh, the Brian Weiss books. And um, it was just a coincidence or maybe not that one of the books actually had a past life regression CD that took you through the whole process of past life regression. Annie and Mike decided to play that together. He laid on one bed, she laid on another, and they put this CD in to the player and hit play. They turned the lights out, put a little light on, lit a candle, and went into a deep sleep. And they were instructed to go back and back and back until they went into a past life. And they were regressed. And when they came out of the past life regression, they realized that for sure, the woman that was the nurse and was in love with Mike was coming towards him. And Mike was indeed the soldier waiting for his lover, Annie, to come. And she never did. Because, of course, there was the bombing. But then the next thing that he remembered, that he shared with Annie, he said, Oh, my goodness. He said, I just remembered that when I found out and couldn't find you in that other life, he said, I took my own life. Of course, Annie was stunned because she knew what Anat had told her. And the two of them just experienced something that very few people not only meet up, in a past life, but finding the specifics about their past life and recognizing it is quite unusual. Even in my standards as an intuitive, I think it's very unusual. Brian Weiss also mentions in his books that it doesn't happen often. After about four or five months with this relationship with Annie and Lily and Mike Annie friends finds out that her friend Mike and Lily are privately and secretly having a relationship Annie immediately eliminated after confrontation and saying I this isn't I didn't sign up for this and she ended the relationship with both Lily and Mike. And then Mike started to become obsessed. And over the course of the next five years, he would continue to reach out to connect with Annie. But she would have nothing to do with him. Lenore called her friend a knot and needed Hope, sorting this whole thing out. And not shared with both Annie and Lenore, that Mike, Mike and Annie had signed a contract to enter this lifetime. And to they made a vow to reconnect in this lifetime to be able to karmically fulfill and connect with what was supposed to happen next in their life love, and their relationship. When Mike broke the vow or the pledge as he was dating the other woman, the contract was ended. But Mike was obsessive qualities from his past life also entered this life and the two of them never connected and Annie went happily on her way knowing that whatever she was to learn from this that hopefully she had learned while this story may seem sad or unusual It's what I call a meant to be. Maybe it didn't end the way the karmic ride should have, or maybe it did. My understanding about souls and when they make a pledge to another soul on the other side, it's just kind of like the same conditioning that we have on this earth. When we're in soul form, in spirit self rather than human form, We are all loving, all knowing, all giving. We want to grow. We want the highest and best for ourselves and for the comic ride of this experience on earth. We, of course, generate a purpose and a mission. But sometimes we get stuck. Once we enter these little bodies with our big spirit self, that some of our old habits and patterns from past life arise again. Kind of like if you think about the explosion and how that can leave marks on the skin through a traumatic departure from the physical body. The same thing can happen. Our old habits and patterns may start to arise And that's when we have to learn to control those old habits and patterns so that we can fulfill our karmic destiny. But sometimes those conditions that really need to be untied or unwoven are so ingrained in who we are that sometimes it's hard to recondition them. Is it impossible? Oh, heck no. I really believe that most of us are fulfilling our pledges. But I do believe that this was just a very interesting situation where the karmic pledge was not fulfilled. And maybe there will be another lifetime for these two, but I feel pretty strongly that that was the end of that karmic pattern and that that karmic pledge has ended so moving ahead almost 15 years Annie and Mike never did get together and that's Good or bad, coming all, all the way to this earth, I don't know. I know that Annie said one time that she feels that this awareness was enough, and she saw the truth more than once, and she says, I'm okay to move on. And I don't think that she had committed to that last relationship. Because the obsessive part of this guy felt unhealthy in that lifetime. And most definitely in this lifetime. She said, I am not committing (laughs) to any other lifetime to play any more cat and mouse games. I'm done. But she did feel happy and at peace. And she said that she gained so much insight from that situation and her awakening in that moment became a very, a gift of free, being free and living free and feeling free in her body and she never had the dream again about 15 years later Annie also married her soulmate. She connected with an awesome man that worshipped and adored her unconditionally. I, as Candy, still remember sitting there in a white chair in a magical garden during this beautiful wedding of these two souls pledging, pledging their love together. Little Annie, all grown up, and her white flowy wedding dress, with a train that just, just came up behind her. It had beautiful embroidery all over her train, with elegant roses that matched the rose garden that they were getting married in. Her hair was up and in flowers. And she wore Lenora's own veil from her wedding, from her own wedding day with her father, Annie's father. As she walked down the aisle with both her parents, both of them knew that she and her husband were going to have a beautiful life together. As they pledged this lifetime of happiness Their little white dog, Kennedy, proudly leaned up (laughs) on both of their legs as he gained his new family. They all walked down the aisle. Annie, her new husband, and sweet little Kennedy. Yes, they did live happily ever after. In the next episode, I want to talk about how past life experiences and blocks can affect your business. And I'm going to share a case study of how releasing a block from a past life, you can gain so much more ease and freedom, bringing in the abundance and the purpose of your life. So stay tuned for the next episode